<laughs> you know the history of it all. Uh, so, how are you doing this week, Dennis? It's it's been a good week. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. Yes, lots of things have happened. Financial improvements. It's like I opened up a Chinese fucking cookie, and it said your finances are about to improve, and it did. It happened. Nice. I feel fortunate. I'm now eligible for a uh, small business administration, small business loan. Very nice. Forgivable. Congratulations. 20K. 20K. And I'm still within 46% of what I made last year. But I digress into the world of work when, in fact, I'm very... Yeah, boring. <laughs> What's happened is the trees next to me that we spoke at length about last year, dogwoods, are blooming. Mm. And so that important... And so they smell... I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go through all that again. Okay. <laughs> Listeners can go back approximately six, 50 two episodes and learn what they smell like from yeah. last year. Yeah. And I finished up The New Pope and, uh, and had been thinking and anxiously awaiting where we left off at the last episode when you had many more notes. And I think that you may have been in only the first episode of The New Pope, maybe two. I was like two I or three think- in. And since then, I've watched maybe one. Like I haven't, I've fallen down on my duties. Who danced on the end of the one you watched? danced on the end of the one that I watched. See, that's, it was five days ago and I can't remember, but yeah. Sente. Sente, the Cardinal dancing a, a, a swirling dervish on the balcony when he notices somebody watching him. Maybe that's the... Damn. Yeah. My, no, I need to refresh my memory on these, on this thing. And you yeah. haven't seen it then. But anyway, so what did you think? Where did you leave off last time we spoke? See, it's been a week and I don't really remember, but... I don't know. I've been busy this week because my, for the first time since October, my in-laws and sister-in-law have come to visit. And because like normally we see them every month, but it, but now it's been like four or five months. And are they in the apartment across the way? They're occupying the apartments. Yes. So it's been busy and hectic and fun and good. My, my kids have been very, have been much more likely to hug and cuddle with them. Uh, now that it's been so long, like yeah. they, they notice that the, the kids won't say, Hey, I missed you, but they yeah, will yeah. hug them for slightly longer, which is yeah. enough. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, that's sweet. But We're I do have some family news that I don't know how much we talked about it, but six months ago or so, my son started to develop like this double vision problem. And we noticed that when he was watching TV from the couch, he would put his chin down to his chest to look over his brow towards Uh the TV. And he said that made things better to see. And of course we got worried as parents do. And we took him to a doctor, to the eye doctor. And the eye doctor had him look at a bunch of things and was, and said, this is super weird. I've never seen anything like this develop. that wasn't permanent. Like that wasn't from the very beginning. And they were all confused and they sent us to, they referred us to some other doctors that were further away. And we went there. This was all within the public health care system. And they said, yeah, this is super weird. Probably he has like some problem with the muscles that control the movement of the eyeballs. And, and we could, there's an operation that we could perform. And so we want, we, yeah, exactly. That's super scary. And so we wanted a second opinion. And so we found a private doctor in, in another nearby city and we took him there and they did all the tests and charged us for it. And they said, yeah, you could do surgery or there's this procedure where you can inject some Botox into those muscles uh-huh. and Botox uh-huh. is like a paralyzer of the muscles and that maybe when they are paralyzed, they will, the other muscles will learn Relax. to do the right thing and uh-huh. then it'll uh-huh. be fixed. That's a possibility uh-huh. that is not surgery, uh-huh. not really surgery. It's an injection. And we had the option of either paying to have this injection done privately or go with the, with the public thing. And so we talked to his pediatrician and she said that, yes, the Botox makes a lot of sense. It's a good, yeah. it, it might not fix it because it wears off, but At least you know. it's a good thing to try first before attempting right. surgery. Right. And so we chose to do that. And before, so in order to get that done, so he had that, he had the Botox thing the day after we recorded last, I think. But before that, he had to get a, in English, do you say a PCR for a test for COVID? Uh-huh. Is that, is PCR a thing that we that you say for no. COVID test? No, that's a thing. I don't know. It's probably like our PC or whatever in English. I don't know. But he had to get, he had to have proof of a negative COVID test. And 
none of us in our family have had a COVID test, but so we had to take him to, again, a place that's a 35 minute drive away to get a, a COVID test. And we got there and they, you know what that feels like. And he was like, we sort of told him, look, it's going to be uncomfortable. And he was like, okay, it's not, he knew that he didn't really have an option. <laughs> and, but they did, it was pretty good. It was a special pediatric COVID testing place. And they had this sort of like dentist chair where the mother lies down on the chair with the child on top of her and holds his arms so he can't like grab at his face. And then right. they do the thing for, they said it was going to be five seconds, but I was actually, I wasn't in the room, but I was like, I was standing outside a window and I could basically see everything that was going on in there. And for about two seconds. And of course he was uncomfortable and then was like sneezing and stuff when he came out and said that it sucked and it hurt for another 30 minutes or whatever. But, and of course, 24 hours later, we got the result that it was negative, which we knew, but we had to yeah. have that proof in order to go into the to the other place. We decided that on that was a Sunday that we had that test done, and we, but we decided that because we because it was so far away and it was early in the morning, we decided to all go there and then spend Sunday out exploring in some town somewhere. With and your son, all four of us. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, and so we we found this this natural this nature museum. It was what it was called. And it was pretty cool. It was all, it was a bunch of taxidermied animals, basically, mostly birds, which is always fun. The ones that aren't birds are extra creepy because they, if they get the, if they get the, the curl of the fox's lips wrong, it looks super weird, but it was fun to walk around and see these birds up close because you never get to see a, like a hawk yes. that up close. But so here you could right. get up it's amazing. And, and see just the details. It's amazing. Yeah. So we went to this, this museum and it was, it was pretty cool, but it was also in this little sort of everything built out of stone village out in the middle of the countryside. And between when we got out of the museum and lunchtime, we decided to walk around for a bit. And first we went to, we, we went to, we were just gonna, just gonna have a drink and use the bathroom at this restaurant, but it looked like a really nice restaurant. And so we, we said, this place looks pretty nice. And so we reserved a table for two hours in the future and then went for a walk around uh -huh. this little town, which is pretty cool. And, and how old was this town that was made of stone? It could be anywhere between... 200 and 2,000 years. I don't know. Really? There's a lot of Roman stuff around around this area. Meaning they won't stay put or what? Yeah, meaning that Moves they, from place to place they to speak place. Latin, yes. Well, I have to call this the background episode. We have, we have many people in our shadows here. <laughs> people coming and going, wives, grandchildren. I'm half waiting for, for my son-in-law to come up and say, hey, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, so, so it's so it sounds cool. Sounds yeah, way cool. But but then it turns out this this restaurant was fucking fantastic. They had we had this gorgeous huge steak, and they brought out these Himalayan salts to put on the steak, including a black salt. No kidding. That is a special kind of Himalayan salt that apparently they use in like Indian cooking. But it was super cool looking. And so my wife and I had that, and and the kids had a squid with some like garlic sauce that was like made from black garlic as well which is super interesting anyway it was a lovely meal yeah and but then yeah, we went, the, wine? the wine was fucking great but then what after that kids we, have? my kids had whiskey yes <laughs> i mean you had a steak or did you all eat the steak no my wife and i had a steak and a lovely salad and the kids had chorizo with fries basically and uh -huh. and they squid a grilled squid which was excellent as well i had one bite and the kids like that the kids love that. Yeah. And then we continued that lovely day by going on this walk down by a river. And it... What's the town? What's the river? I don't remember. And nor would any person listening have heard of it. Oh, but they might want to look it up on a map. There's listeners from all over the world. They want to know. Okay. What I'll put it in the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 104. Everyone go there. I'll put a link. The I'll go there. In droves. Yes. In droves. But it was super cool. It was just a perfect day with the family the kids weren't asking for ipads or nintendos or anything it was just we were all together and present in uh -huh. the day and it was uh -huh. lovely but we went down to this river and man rivers sure are special like you can't sit by a river and not think just philosophical thoughts like it it just it forces you into this wow everything's changing all the time and you can't not think that the other world of, of rivers. There's this famous quote, I think by Descartes, where he said, no man can step in the same river twice because mm -hmm. neither is it the same river nor is it the same man. And so you sat by it? And we sat waxed, by it. Uh, waxed philosophic? We, what kind we of did. Things, what My, kind of things did you say that would alert everyone around you that you'd become philosophical? Did you say, for example? My, my children had just the time of their lives 
chucking the biggest possible rocks they possibly could into the into the river because that's yeah just that's the purest childhood fun like they were yes. spending so much energy to lift weights they spent an hour just picking up the biggest weights they could and throwing them yeah. and then immediately yeah. saying another Splash. one another one and that was lovely. How were they again? And now they are 12 and 7 they're about to be 12 and 8 that's, um and that's fun the but what i discovered a thing that I had never done before was I was sitting there by the river and I started trying to stack river rocks. Uh -huh. Have you ever tried that? Yes. And it's very... I never, I, there's hardly a time when I don't do it somewhere. And I'm on a lot of rivers because I fish the rivers and I right. always have. But I also use the rocks to make furniture so that when I need to break from fishing against the log, there's big slaty stones that I have a back and, and, and something to sit on. So These were all like, uh, rounded rocks that had been, oh, that had down a millennia of rocks, of water millennia, run over them. A millennia. That's not a real word. Millennium. Excuse I told me. you my, my story about my brother. But <laughs> it was, it, it was so, super interesting to me that when you're doing that, when you're trying to stack three or four of these rocks on top of each other, it takes all of your concentration. There's a reason that the Zen Buddha culture has this thing of stacking rocks because you have to be in the moment entirely. Yeah. You can't, be thinking about your taxes. You can't be thinking about the next podcast you're going to record. Right. You have to be just there concentrating. And that was in this room, I have one, two, three, three different balancing rocks. Two of them in disarray right now because they fell from the vibrations of the... What a metaphor for your life. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> you're out of balance, Dennis. That's what I'm saying. It's been a week, right, since we talked and... And I told you about the truck I wanted to see. I told you about this, right? Yes, that was we left off that you were... And no, still no truck. Huh. Still no truck. I called the guy up. I says, hey, John. He says, yeah. I said, look, when you when this truck is in service and they brag on 116 points of review to get the service on the truck done, and then when they give it to you, they give a 7,500-mile or three-months warranty on a used vehicle. Okay. And so they're, they're they're primo, but it's still in the service. And so I've got to go pick up my sports car, and we're having our anniversary trip. Yes, question? Yes, you, you in the front. Not, if you could not do that pant leg rubbing thing, that'd be good. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> well, we can hear that. I, I didn't know I was doing it. I guess I was enjoying myself a little too much. <laughs> Just waggling my knees a little bit. These pants are rather loud. Yes. They're the most comfortable pants I've ever wore. I have two pairs of them. They are both comfortable and very stretchy. And mm. so they're a new fabric that I've never, ever worn before. These pants, that seems to me to be the quintessential invention in a pant cloth because of its dexterity, washability, wrinkle-freeness, stretchability. They're just... They fit it's a little them. on the noisy side, but apart from that... <laughs> they are. It There's room for improvement, room. let's just say. <laughs> right, consumer reports, what would they say? <laughs> They're not approved for ninjas. What would they say? I got a new chair for my office, it's very comfortable, but it's higher around my desk. Mm. So I had to elevate my typing by four and a half inches. So now it has a wooden antique writing, antique wooden writing box underneath it. I talked about this, we open it up and it, it's, I said it was the world's first computer. Right. Because you open up the thing and like a laptop, blah, 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 pencil in it, paper. And then a sheaf of printing paper. I got to rethink it. Either I got to raise all the furniture up so that it works for this chair, or I got to get a lower chair. But I love this chair. I'm on the horns of a dilemma here. Yes. You Can you I, understand, me in any I understand. Way? Could you create a checklist for me? You need to, to interview me and let's come to a conclusion. Let's rubber duck this. Good, Rick. Good memory. So you're higher than you've ever been. In this room, yes. And it's qualified, yes. Your desk is now too low and you love your chair so yes either dollar chair either we can sink your chair into a little well in the floor oh that's a good idea and leave everything else the way hey, it is get the butt saw up here should i use a chainsaw and just go right through the carpet in the wood yeah and, that's what, that's... to hell with the rafters we'll drop it so, we'll drop it. Hey, that's a good one. we're throwing shit up on the whiteboard now, okay? Right. No idea is a bad it's, idea. No, I, I don't know. We need another idea. Let's just do that. Or we raise everything in the room by four inches. The pictures on the wall, the lamps, all the, everything. All the furniture. So what we do is we would buy four by four pieces of lumber, each three foot long. Or, hold on. stack all the furniture on them. 
so that it looked like I imagined Venice to look. True. It'd be great if you ever had a flood in your office. Wow. But that. also, rather than sink your chair, you could raise the floor everywhere else. <laughs> in this way, it would look like you sunk your chair. You'd have to step up to get into the room. That chainsaw handy. Just and, cut all the way around. But the thing is, if you cut all the way around, the floor would fall out into the floor below you. No, no, no. You're raising your floor. You're raising well, the know. floor everywhere except for the... In order to raise it, you have to cut it. And if you're standing in the room cutting it, when you get all the way around the outside, you'll fall into the floor below you. Well, <laughs> might need a ladder. Let's see. You have to put supports there. You'd put the, you'd put the, you'd put the floor here on joists, on, on uh, jacks, twist it up only so high. With a lot of room for twisting, it is probably three per wall, so three, six, nine, 12 jacks, and you tighten the jacks up underneath the rafters of the floor below, which is your floor rafters here, and then you'd cut, and it would go, and it would drop an eighth of an inch, a little cracked plaster. And then with that done, you would raise, raise, the, raise the jacks, twist them up all in order, and take four men, one and not four, yeah, four, because you do the four corners and then you do the, you go to the four corners, then do the other two, four, six, eight, right? Jacks. So that's how you would do that. So that, let's do that one. And that the benefit of, one. with either of these things where you, you end up with your chair in a little indention is right. um, you can, when you move back and forth, you can do the skateboarders do on the, on, on the half things. Yeah, so, I'm on wheels. If, exactly. You slide over too far, you're going to end up turning up, turning to the side, and then you're going to be pushed back, and then you can like do tricks and ollies and shit. And ollies. Oh, man. This reminds me of the most crazy thing I learned recently. And so apparently in Indianapolis, the in when was this? Hold on, let me do a little bit of research here. So in Indianapolis, the Indiana Bell, this... It was like a seven-story office building for the Mabel folks. And uh -huh. they decided that they needed to expand. And let's see if I can describe this. There will be a really cool YouTube video in the show notes at happy.fm slash 104. They decided that they needed to ex expand their building, and they were trying to figure out how. And someone noticed that they could take their existing building, and if they could, on the lot of the block that they were in, if they could rotate that building in such a way at a particular pivot point, it could go into the corner of the lot and then they could have, would have this extra space to build or another just building. Just turn it. Just turn it. But it's like- Long side, so long side would go- It, it would turn yeah, 90 uh -huh. degrees, but not would pivoting from the, from the center, but right. from some other point. Right. And right. so they so they came up with, with this idea and the this idea that you were just talking about of, of raising the, the yes. floor reminded me of this. The architect that designed this was Kurt Vonnegut's father. Whoa. And this was in 1929, we'll say, was when this happened. And they figured out a way to raise this building by three inches and and put in stuff to pivot it around. And they were moving it, I think it was like, like 15 inches per hour that it took them to move this thing. But the crazy so thing... Three inches. Maybe, so maybe three inches per hour. I don't know. It was so. Oh, no, that's, was, that's, that, that is reasonable if you're doing it across the board. We raised this house. <clears throat> no, um, but it was uh, right. right. So they raised it, and then they had these men turning these cranks that would pivot. They would move it a little bit, and then they would you know, make sure everything was okay. And then they would turn the crank again and move it a little bit further. And they, but they did this uh, over the course of several days. Obviously, it took, but they did it with everyone still reporting to work. Everyone was still in the building. There was no loss of electricity or sewage or anything. They built this thing that came out of the entrance of the building to this walkway so that as the building moved, you would end up at a different part of the walkway so you could come in and out of the building. And they engineered this thing. And there's there, there's this video online that shows how they moved this building in this way without with no break of any uh, services. People were still reporting into work. They were still going there and they were still using the bathroom and they were still everything. Yeah. How big of a building was it? How many square feet? Something like that. It was it, it was like seven stories by, I don't know how. 25 by 25? That kind of was a small No, number. wider than that. 50? I'd say more like 100 by 100. Oh, that's big. Yeah, it was, it's a big fucking that's building. That's big. Yeah. That's big. And, and so they had jacks that raised, 
that also swiveled. They had this thing where every time they turned, it would go onto another thing, another roller, and they would have to take the other roller from the other side and walk it around and put it in the, in the new spot and then do another twist, and then it would move on to the next roller, and they would take So it. they lifted while they twisted. Yes. First they lifted, and then they put all the rollers underneath, and then they... Tell me there ain't a rock and roll song in there. I know, man. Indiana First Bell. they lifted, then they twisted. Yeah. But, so... And it was totally a success. And then they built the other building where the in the now vacant area, and the building that they that they twisted lasted for another sixty seventy years before it got demolished and replaced with something else. But for other right, just um, upgraded. I'll send you the fascinating uh, Kurt Vonnegut's father. Yeah, isn't that wild? That is wild. And just that is wild. They, I love those stories. There's another one about how they moved Chicago, how they reversed the river flow in Chicago. Uh, yeah which is pretty wild that I don't remember all the details about, but that's another. Well, I told you my time on the Alaskan, the Alaskan river where there was a Island that had occurred in the middle of the river. And as we were floating one, two, three, four of us in this uh, boat with a high bow, big boat, 16 feet, real high front bow, low move, a boat that moves with an engine on the back that you need to go up river. And as we were, was it high bow and um, also high brow? <laughs> was it like a rich people's boat? Oh, it was no. It was a fisherman's boat, but it okay. wasn't a cheap boat. Okay. And it cost four hundred bucks to do it, which was money well spent. Okay. But when you were going down this river very fast and fishing for salmon that were right off the boat and catching them, we came upon this island, and when we got to the head of the island, we could there was a churning part of the water where. The fish were attracted because the churning water was creating oxygen, mm -hmm. and there was a deep hole there, so it was more to their temperature. They didn't have to fight the current so much. But we realized in the moment that the water around the island was moving upstream, and that when the river water hit the island, the centrifugal force of the water around the right side of the island forced water to come around going against the grain. So right. when we went to the downside of the island, we could drift upstream. <laughs> If we kept Whoa, close to the man. island. And that's where I caught the two biggest rainbow trout I've ever seen in my life. That's just, oh my God, one after another. On the bow of the boat and standing with, with another fisherman holding my legs because the nine foot pole and the nine foot of line that was out was all I could do to stand up on the bow of the boat and hold it up out of the water so that I could get the fish near the net. But anyway, that you're speaking about your river and you sitting there in philosophical, you never did say an example of one of the philosophical things that you retorted when your wife finally, when your wife realized, you know what? He's being philosophical. What? Either he's stupid or he's deep in thought. <laughs> was her thought, I'm sure. No, I mean, just, you know, time, you know, flows by and like, what is, like, we were, we were having the perfect day as a family and it's very, I find it very important to, to reflect to cherish those days because yes. I know that they are finite in number. They are and, fleeting. And fleeting. And that, so like my wife and I spent most of that day just smiling at each other, like what a lovely day this is. And so it was just a, a good thing. Yeah, it sounds like a wonderful day. And then your son's treatment proved yes, to be so that, quite wonderful. That was miraculous. That was three days later last, uh, that was the day after we recorded, I think, and, or the day that we recorded, one of one or the other. Yeah, so we we took him into the big city and he, for for this, he had to be under general anesthetic. I've never been another, under general anesthetic. Another, another moment. Another yes, moment. exactly. That's super scary, of course. Just, yeah, because it's scary and... At the same time, it has to be right. scary. That's just... Yes. How, how many times have you been under general? Patton? Anesthetic. Oh. He, 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 was, he was another good general in the... Yes. Did he report to uh, Major Major? <laughs> nice. He was in a general hospital. Let's see. When they put my ankle, which had been pulled away from my body by a speeding motorcycle, when they... When they moved it, I was out, and they took it from the U position, which it was all night, and uh, straightened it, and all broken bones all the way around. That back was in the out. Position. Another one was when I had my two, you like this, manipulation under anesthesia, MUA. So I had a frozen shoulder, which mm -hmm. meant that when I heard it standing up one day doing carpentry outside, and I was creating a little 
roof over the uh, top of my meters, my water meters, so that they were kept out. And I made a little roof, and uh, I was down on my knees pounding something and getting picking something up. And when I stood up, I ran my right shoulder into the two by four that was sticking up right at just below shoulder length. And I got up so quickly because when you, at my age, when I, when I finally got the momentum to get up, I'm spring because the right. moment is fleeting. <laughs> and so it, that hurt and I stopped swimming and then I started using it less until I couldn't use it anymore. If you lose it, if you don't use it, you lose it. And yeah. so when I went in, he put me under general anesthesia plus they found it through ultrasound. They found the place on my chest, my right part of my chest, where all of the nerves from the shoulder congregated and meshed in some type of a synoptic a truck rest or crossroads for all the synapses. Synaptic and that's where truck rest. That's yeah. Yeah. That's the title. And that's where they put that's where they put the the needle to kill it. So it killed my whole right shoulder, everything down below my arm. It was like swinging a, a freaking six pound uh, sleeve of bologna. Of sand. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that heavy. A bologna. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I think, I wonder when I get my, they had to remove polyps. That's, I have pictures of my polyps in my file. Those will not be in the show notes. Hey, can I, hey, come on, man. There's people that want to see this shit. There is. <laughs> we got like 16 listeners, at least three or four of them want to see these polyps. Hey, did that guy call you? Who said that he wanted to be on the show? No, he hasn't yet. Did he write you? No. Well, he, he gave up. But important. the the whole, like, as far as I know, we understand, like, anesthesiologists understand the um, their right dosage, and they understand what the result is with this amount of dosage for this sort of person. But as far as I know, we don't really understand what happens neurologically under general anesthesia, because it's basically just lights fucking off. It's not exactly sure. There's no dreaming. We just happen to know how. Exactly. Like there's no dreaming. There's no, it's just for the conscious self time stops and then it starts again. And that's super creepy. But anyway, so I was sitting out in the waiting room when they were doing the operation, when they were doing the operation, my wife couldn't be in in there either, obviously. And then they came out and they said everything after 30 minutes or, or 20 minutes, they came out and said everything went, went fine. And then she got to be in there while he woke up and it took him like, two and a half hours to wake up like he was just fucking out and yeah. he kept coming into consciousness and yeah. being like i can't yeah. wake up and then going back yeah. again and let's just say enough i never got a general when they operated on my wrist that was all just deadening of my arm right it which is which like, seems fine working no it wasn't fine <laughs> it wasn't fine at all it was my arm was the arm of a cadaver it was blue <laughs> no it yeah, was but, not good you can't just you can't just brush that off and say no that's good no <laughs> Are you referring to episode two of the Happy Hour uh, podcast? Where <laughs> is that true? Yeah, it was the second true? fucking episode. Yes, but and, uh, but then he was like nauseous and just yeah. sick for the rest of the day. On the forty hour forty hour felt like it on the forty minute car ride home, having eaten nothing in twenty four hours, he vomited yeah. four times and oh, was dear. just miserable and bad. That's sad. Poor, and then the next day he guy, was also he was stalwart. In the stalwart young man. The next day, he also like wanted to just lie still rather than play video yeah. games. But then the following day, he was as good as new. And then it took three or four days before he started saying that it feels like my eyeball is being squished. Which it was. Which is, apparently is what was supposed to When you put Botox in, your lip gets bigger. So yeah, so the muscles around his eye were, were squishing his eyeball. And as it turned out, just out of sheer luck, the, the week of the operation, we got a call from the public doctor to come in and have another look at him and i explained to the public doctor look yes we did the botox yeah. no we're about to do the botox is what oh. i said but yes like five days after the botox we will come in and cool and you can see good it. move good move just and by the public by sheer luck and so we went in to the to the public eye and although my son's eye was one of his eyes was droopy and he was complaining of, of a slight squishing it wasn't painful but he said I, f- I can feel the eye doctor that saw him said he's way better than he was before you totally yeah. did the right thing in doing this botox rather than surgery yeah um, and then if it doesn't stick or if it doesn't stick then we can do whatever now, it was so and now we know exactly what it is right not really like he called in his, a couple other colleagues and they were like 
we've never seen anything like this particular case. They, they didn't know why, they just knew how to. Fix it. Exactly. Much that's better. like medicine. That's what medicine's that's like. That's what medicine is. And it's a lot like what a lot of times I can, in, in my work, I will fix a bug in a program and not entirely understand why it was acting up in the first place, but know that I, or think that I fixed it. But that's just life. Yeah. But anyway, so generally uh, good news on the family health front. Yes. That's, that's great. And your little visit to the town that you can't remember on the river, you can't remember the name either, but you're going to post it on the notes. Yes. A little, it's, so, it goes so from it the sounds, mountains to the ocean. It sounds just fabulous. And the temperature that day was what? It was pretty chilly. I was, I had a, a my winter coat on, then the water was, of course, cold. But today the temperature was in Fahrenheit 84. Oh. Un- unbelievable and crazy you're out there you're out there you're on your balcony i was on my balcony i went for a walk in my short sleeves in my i put on today was the first day of wearing shorts this year and it was i hardly wait to see all those pale legs. yes my legs have never looked as fantastic uh, <laughs> there will be not detailed photos it's not, of the it's not, the, not the safest bet yeah There's... from my point of view the thigh is above the it comes is in front of the me. Oh man! So your car, your truck is. They now and I haven't called. I call them up. I said, "Hey, John, man, this truck's taking a long time. Hey, do I have first refusal on this truck?" And he said, "Do you have what? First refusal? Am I the first one that, if I want it, I got it? And am I the one?" He said, "Oh yeah, you're the first person on the list. You're the first person I'm calling." I said, "All right, well, I, I won't bother you again until I hear from it." He said, "Let me get the service guys on the on the phone." He calls him. He says, "That'll be done by the end of the week." Uh-huh. So at the end of the week, I got to pick up my sports car. My wife and I are going on a little, our first post-inoculation trip. Yes. One of the safest some... hotel chains on the, yes. in, you, you in mentioned a little that town. Last in a little town, yes. Where they make good hamburgers. Best pizza. Best pizza. Best pizza. And uh, nice dunes within six miles and then a beach in 10 miles. We're, we're looking for that. But then nice dunes. pick up my car, my sports car on the way back. Now, if this works out strangely, let's check on this next time we speak. So the your escape is coming up in the, the coast here two yeah. hours to the west it hasn't happened yet it's going to happen in the future it's coming up this coming weekend excellent so, and uh tune in then, next week yeah that's what i'm saying and but here's the thing about my truck what, you asked about. Mm-hmm. what would happen if when i went to pick up my car in the warehouse someone had painted it, it black <laughs> or or green <laughs> <laughs> my so green truck what a freaking moron i tried to find you the, the picture of the green truck in the file i couldn't i played my hands on it the other day it's funny as you said as the mind rolls with stuff but anyway get the car out of hock and drive the car to the next city where the truck is leave the sports car parked inside somewhere because the roof leaks convertibles am i right and then drive the truck home and test drive it yeah that's the story that's the story that's what you did how about it how about if that happens wouldn't that be cool i don't know that's what you're gonna do i don't know maybe wouldn't it be for that's your plan not a plan no 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 not a plan premonition no I, i'm seeing it right now that's yes that's not a premonition well for me you're promote you're premonating you're premonizing my stuff premonizing yes that would be great so your old truck that got painted black and they gave back to you as well as some money Yes. That is sitting where? My son's. He's driving it to work every day. Even though it's painted horribly? Hey, there's a lot of ugly trucks out there. And frankly, <laughs> there are more it. trucks out there that are spray painted with spray paint than America would care to admit to. So Amen. the fact of the matter is that it was gray, and now it's got a bad spray paint job. You know what I want to do with it? I want to hook up my spray painter, which I use for outdoor work. I haven't used it inside. But I bought it for 78 bucks. And you put a, a screw container on the bottom of it full of paint, and it's an air gun that is uh, driven by electric power, and you have a nozzle on it, and you keep it about 18 inches from your surface, and you can walk right across and do a barn, whoosh, 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 and then do a coat the other way. And so that's, uh, that's what I'll use. I'm telling you, man, it, on the side of the truck, it needs to say happyhour.fm. Oh, hey, hey. How much in, would you pay me in, like, in from pink, the corporate coffer? I will dig deep in the corporate coffer. Is that guy still sending us money? We, uh, we have we have so much money, It's we don't know what to do with it. This money we're referring to is at uh, patreon.com slash happy hour. You can come and support us. I would pay for the spray paint. I'm not paying for your labor. 
that's on oh. you. And your handwriting, if you know someone that can write better than you with, with spray paint, then by all means. Do um, the, before you, before I would spray paint it, I would use the power hose on it and knock as much of that spray paint off as possible because it wasn't even like metal paint. Uh, it's like what you'd use to paint the bottom of a cabinet or a, something you'd keep indoors. And so right. when you rub your hand on it, it kind of flakes right, around right. the edges, right? It, but here's the thing is that... Or, or do you go with a, with a stencil? Because a lot of spray painting of letters involves stencils. Hey. Right? It's already got black spray paint. Let's do the camouflage. All you do is add brown, gray, a couple of different shades of brown, gray. It's already green under there somewhere. But there's one. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> There's the memory of green under there. What oh, is green? What is green? Cap that goes on the back of the truck. What the is that? Fiberglass. Truck. It's stored, so to speak, underneath some trees that probably. The thing that covers the the back. Yeah. Uh, with a window in the back of a, a, so that when you open your tailgate there's also a, a window that you have to open right and it, it connects to the back of the truck with a vice like a gripper huh. vice whoosh, 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 turning it ah uh, that makes it. more sense with the noise if you can imagine moving that house you can imagine getting a cap of this truck attached you lay down a rubber uh mat like right. a gasket Mm-hmm. That's about three inches wide all the way around and uh, you set it on that and if it's clean and, and you glue that shit on there and then you put it on it's good to it's good to treat it like it's permanent nice and because if it's not permanent then you could have the option of maybe it coming off when you didn't want it to that wouldn't be good no you generally so, want your uh your cap to stay on the bottle so one time on I took a trip up followed a river up a river in Oregon and I had a life raft that I was going to go down the river. And when I got, I was hitchhiked with this life raft, which was full, I got picked up by a pickup truck. And when I figured, I said, how do I do this? So I put the life raft between me and the cab of the truck, standing in the back of the truck, so that there was the cab of the truck, the mattress, then me, and I held on to the, to the top of the, the wall. Ooh. And at one point, I was vertical. I was going to say, that feels like, how did you survive? I was vertical. And what an amazing thing it would have been if I would have let go, right? And blew off the back of the truck, which would be on top of the mattress. I wouldn't be under the mattress. If I was holding the mattress and me and the mattress blew off, wouldn't I hit the bottom of the mattress and then flip over so I would be laying on top of it? Let's hope so. I mean, it's a little bit like, like Aladdin and the flying carpet. Yes. Right. Aladdin and the flying. You would have been Dennis and the flying mattress. Yeah. Yes. But, and I was thinking of that the other night and I thought, why don't I, why do I remember that so much more than I remember the trip down the river? And I thought of all the times I've reminisced about that hike up that winding riverside, somebody climbing up a escarpment steep. And then I started piecing together what the ride was like down. And I recall that in many places the water was too shallow which uh-huh. and there were only several places but several where it was a little bit of a yeehaw because it wasn't nearly as steep as the other i told you the story the one that broke the oars and that suicide like uh attempt up in up in washington state that was nuts this was very mild and and when i got to the ocean it was so big the river opened up so huge as they do yep. into the ocean that it was with with my uh, oar, it was that was quite difficult physically to get out of that big water and not end up and get over to the shore. Right, not end up in the middle of. And then I walked back to the boat and strapped the lifeboat back on the on the beam of the ship that I was on, and that was it. But I did. I bet it was funny that after all these years, that's been I don't know. Let's say the twenty forty five years ago, forty six. 50. Uh-huh. 50 years ago, back in the day. Hey, so how are we hearing about old Tiger Woods doing? We haven't seen any news. He's just home recovering now. And I've not heard knows. a peep of nothing. No, nor but a peep was. If, if anyone is good at staying the hell away from the media, it's Tiger. He he only ends up, he only ends up in the tabloids when he fucks What's up and the authorities get involved. Oh, sexually, uh, for example. Yeah, for example. But... He's because he got so famous so early so yeah. quickly. He did you, knows did you see the stuff. documentary? I'm sorry, I talked over you. Did you see the documentary? 
I forgive you. And what document? No, what, Tanner uh, Woods. No, I've heard a podcast about him. Oh no, this is a, a film. It's, no. it's not, I think I don't know. Is it two parts or long? <laughs> I think maybe it's. I don't know. I can't remember. But the, uh, I, I thought maybe it was in two parts. It was yeah. great. It was mind bending. It was eye opening. He's certainly a special father, human about right. his father and his dad's sexual escapades hmm. and what it was like to be around his dad when he was having women in the trailer. Where yeah. I didn't know about this. Oh yeah, and the guy, the golf pro who was interviewed, when he was asked this question, he looked at the camera, then he looked down at his hands, and he said, "Oh man," he, he didn't look at the camera. He looked down at his hands, and he said, "Oh man, Earl ain't gonna like this." And then he looked up at the camera and he said, yeah, there were women nonstop. And he covered for him for all of the upbringing. And that explained the special bond that Tiger had with his mom to a large degree. Oof. And uh, also his sex addiction, very interesting psychological, if dare I say, DNA-esque twist. But unknown to me. I, I guess, it. I wonder if extraordinary individuals more often than not have traumatic childhoods in that way. Or if there are- I don't know. Or if there are amazing, your, what's the, what's the tennis star that's super nice? The Swiss guy. Boris? No. Roger Federer. Uh -huh. Like, I wonder if, I wonder how his childhood was. And like, to some, to be the best of the best of something, you have to have had an abnormal childhood. Like you can't have grown up just being a B student through middle school and then in high school something, deciding that something, you really liked to do something. Something would have showed itself. Something had showed itself earlier. Right. right. But right. one wonders if, because with your Tiger explanation, like there's a lot of fault or blame or something that could be placed on his parents or his father in that story. But I wonder if you could raise a child in a loving, everything's okay, it's okay if you fail away, and then have that child be the best at something, which is my wonder, because obviously that's what I'm attempting to do with my kids. But Right. It's, it's remarkable what has happened to us all over the world and what how it's changing our lives and our appreciation for being safe and less worried. It's, and did you see the, the Burks interview, the... Burks and Fauci and what's his name, Red Redwine, who was the director of CDC. I may have his name wrong, but they each said how Trump had tried to mess with the science so seriously that Biden started an investigation of how he duped the American people. And Dr. Burks said, after the first 100,000 people died, if we had applied what we learned after those first 100 deaths, and simply done what the science said, we would have avoided the next 300,000 deaths. And around the world, people are saying, you fucking whore. Yeah. Why didn't you quit and publish that then and there? Why didn't you write a letter to the Congress and go full pursuit here? You're telling us now, Fauci at least obviously skirted the skirted the, the bridge and one could argue as Fauci could I think hey I had to do everything I could to stay there and I think I was I think I was totally honest but these others yeah. not so much and it just and I had said before that that he's guilty of war crimes what right, about Burks yeah how is she different sitting there and oh the best we get from you is a blank look as you're sitting against the wall Listen to this fucking maniac say this crazy shit about fucking drinking bleach and fucking swallowing light. And you're, you're the best you can do for the American people is look blank. That's it. Yeah. Fuck you. That's a situation. I was, I was fighting the fight inside. Bullshit. No, but it's hard to say what each of us would have done in that situation. I don't think that everyone that's was in, and here we go to the extreme Godwin's law. I don't think that everyone that worked in the in the Nazi death camps was necessarily evil, but they were weak. They they were weak in a way that we all can be sometimes in not standing up to what is what they clearly feel is wrong. And we all have these moments where I see that what my boss is doing is wrong, but if I say anything about it, then something 
terrible will happen to me and so i'm going to keep quiet at the moment and again you can weigh the numbers after we know the actual cost is one thing but at the time you when you're making those decisions you don't really know the cost and i think it's difficult i have trouble condemning people that don't whistle blow because i don't i can't be certain that i would be brave enough to do it myself that's my position yeah i've been somewhat tested on that but that's for offline so so the yeah. the weather here is warming up places are starting to open how about uh, that march madness oh they they showed the michigan ucla game at 11 o'clock eastern time which there's some explanation of that but there's no way that i could wait up that long when i woke up to, to pass some water it was Do you quarter mean to one and i looked and my eyes were couldn't focus on my phone and my glasses and i saw the score was 49 51 ucla and i saw on the side of my little tiny phone that it said half i thought it said half and it didn't say half of course it would have said half time but it didn't say half it said final <laughs> michigan lost by two so you knew this right 50 the final score was 50 something to 41 40? to 49 isn't that low oh. scoring yes yes defense both sides wow lots of trouble huh. um but lost by two but i've tried to i wanted to see a rebroadcast of it because i missed it of course it was too late which is fucked up that the people in michigan had to, anyway now you spoiled uh, it for us so i'm not gonna watch it that? no no now that i know the result it's not I was a, gonna but well you missed it yeah. It's over. What do you what do you mean you're not gonna watch it? It's already over. It was yesterday. You were just you saying that you wanted to watch it, but Oh no, I want to watch a replay. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's I want to I'm see a replay too. of this. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought it was funny. Doesn't need to be. Let's do Doesn't a replay need... of that conversation. Yes. <clears throat> I'd like to see a transcript. That'll show you what's what. A transcript. Do you think we could sell transcripts of the podcast? Those are going in our book that we're publishing at the end of episode 100, 400. 102 steps on the way on the highway to hell. Yeah. The thing is, though, the transcript doesn't, it's a, it's a computer generated transcript and it doesn't work that well. Like sometimes, I can't think of an example right now, but sometimes you will say something and it gets it totally wrong. It, it gets me wrong too. Don't, it's not just about you. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with that. I'm fine. So it was cool again today. Cool again. It was 60. It was like a teaser. And I'm yet to get out there with my, uh, I'm breaking up my gardening tools. And I'm going to uh, ready, ready the yard for the spring. A little churning, a little turning of soil, a little mulching hither and thither, a little repair work. I planted one, two, three, four, five, six, I planted trees. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine trees. And wow. planted, uh, well, they're twigs. They're twigs. They're just, I have to have a they're future trees. piece of bamboo. They're trees. Yeah. But yeah. That's... They're trees. They're early trees. Which reminds me, I'm going, to, I'm going to make sure that you understand a book you need to read called The Overstory, Speaking of Trees. And it is Pulitzer Prize winning novel by the student's self. And... I'm absolutely blown away by it, and I want you to read it, and we should talk about it. I do like a book, I think and you're you you're, you're frozen on the screen, by the way, but you're, but you're, I can hear your sound. Yeah, you just were, because I'm like a deer in the fun. headlights of your dulcet tones. <laughs> Overstory. Yeah, you mentioned that it's by the it's by the man called Obed or whatever guy. No, shit. No, that was another one. What was that one? Oh, hey, you are you going to watch Bear Town? Hopefully, eventually, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it was good. It's over. It was quick. It was only five episodes. That makes me more likely to, to want to watch it. I'm now in the, uh, and you're going to, are you going to start the Boardwalk Empire? Are you going to start Breaking Bad? Or, huh? I'm not planning on it. Like, I don't have, <laughs> you, want, you seem to be, I don't have four overkill. hours every day of free time to just, let me well, sit on the sofa. I, what I, what I have is this, a, a sleeping four month year old on my, on my chest for, uh, usually one hour increments three times a day. And, and now that the weather's warmer, one of those hour increments I'm walking in her uh, carriage that I push around, her stroller. But that's when I have I have time. And before I go to bed, I'll watch an episode. But anyway, I'm, I'm at, once again, running out of options. I got to serious. My wife wants uh, 
these boys, these IT boys from our Geek Squad to come and help her with her TV upstairs. So I'm going to take advantage of that schedule Netflix, and get Netflix. these guys to turn my shit into Roku, man. Just going the full Roku, you're right? Netflix, it, HBO, Showtime, just stream it. What's wild is that the reason, one of the reasons that Netflix is so popular is that they have managed to get their software onto every possible device Outlet. that plays yep. video. So all the smart TVs, all the video game consoles, all the cable boxes that the local cable companies give you, they all support Netflix. Yeah. So it's bizarre that you don't yeah. have it, but yes, you should well, definitely listen, get if it your took episodes to watch Moonstruck. I'm allowed quite a bit of space to go full switcheroo on the IT shit. So you got to give me a break. I, I will give you a break. There you but go. then we, we have to watch Black Mirror together. That's so good. And yes. Before Breaking Bad. Well, that, I that would be that. the plan. That would be the plan. I have two questions for you. Okay. Give me the second one first. Are you lifted? And are you twisted? I think you need to lower your chair, lower the floor underneath your chair, and then move your desk around 180 degrees so you're facing the other direction. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't have this problem if instead of having the chair on the floor, it was on the wall. Or the ceiling. So I would, no, the wall. You'd fall out of the chair in the ceiling. You ignorant. You, you don't fall off the wall. No. You have your chair positioned so the back is facing the floor. Uh, and you have a strap. You can and strap you yourself to the chair on the ceiling, too. No, that would require two straps. Think of all the blood that would, that would flow require, to your... That would require us. And the clever things you would say on the podcast. That would, <laughs> hey. It's all that blood in your head. You, you keep avoiding the question of the night, and I won't let What's it What's the question? You were sitting on the shore of the river. Yeah. You were feeling philosophical, and at one point, you said something, and it was when your wife said, oh my. She looked at, turned her head at you like sort of a little terrier hearing a strange whistle, and she turned her head, and she said, oh, listen to that. Eric is being philosophical. What did you say? I said that it's interesting that time flows so quickly that we can never really get to. So I really hung up on him in that moment. Uh, hope he forgives me next week. You can find the show notes at happyhour.fm slash 104. Really, you need to go check out that video of the Indiana Bell thing moving. It's, it's amazing. And you can help support us at patreon.com slash happyhour. We would love for you to come and buy us around there and be good. We'll see you next week.